In this podcast, I'd like to discuss the general sense, which certainly has been around for decades, that trust should be given to medical practitioners simply based on the idea that they've gone to medical school and there is a general sense that since you've gone to medical school you're knowledgeable enough and have enough understanding and over time develop enough experience to where the decisions and judgments you make about people's health and the types of treatments that are decided upon that this alone justifies that you should accept what the medical practitioner says as reasonable and that you should follow it. I think that for just a tremendous period of time, certainly over a period of time to where those in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, there is almost an absolute blind acceptance of whatever a medical practitioner says as being valid and there's no attempt to even determine on one's own ability whether what you're being told has credence and should be trusted and when it comes to the issue of chronic pain I think people have to understand that there was not much of a section in the medical establishment that was associated with chronic pain until the advent of the MRI, which occurred in the middle 1980s. If you go back to the 60s, the 70s, you know, and and prior back to that, the only time someone really had pain addressed was if there was a traumatic incident such as a fall or a car accident something of that nature and certainly in terms of the end-of-life situation where someone might be having pain and it was due to some sort of medical condition that was leading to the end of life such as cancer and they were having pain and at that time The idea was to give morphine or some sort of morphine during the process of hospice to make them more comfortable as they were passing away. So the reality was very, very few people were actually being treated for pain. In most cases, it was the attitude of tough it out, that over time it would get better. People's lives were also much different back then. Back then, the majority of the population had professions or performed jobs that were somewhat physical in nature, and as a result of that, these physical jobs caused the individual to use their muscles and sustain the strength of the muscles to some degree, to where even if they were performing activities outside of those associated with their job, they still had enough strength and they could perform whatever the task was without having pain and if there was pain it was something that was just short term and would simply dissipate but then came 
the advent of the MRI in the 1980s, which led to the massive, overwhelming introduction of surgeries that at the same time were benefited by the move towards arthroscopic surgery versus incisional surgery. Arthroscopic surgery was the type where instead of a long incision would have to be created to enter the area where the surgery was going to be performed. Now you simply met, uh, created three quarter inch types of incisions and the tools to perform the surgery were placed through these very small little incisions. So the theoretical basis was that since we're doing a much less invasive type of procedure, the recovery would be much quicker and more successful. That would have only been true if the lack of success from surgery was simply associated with the fact that you were performing an incisional, long, larger incision, that that was the cause of the lack of success of the surgeries versus the fact that you were actually simply performing surgery on the wrong tissue. If it was just the fact that you went from the larger incision which led to a longer period of rehabilitation versus the smaller incisions where the tools were placed through these little holes, then we should have seen a massive, massive reduction in the number of people who were suffering. The time that people were suffering from pain should have dropped dramatically. But that's absolutely the opposite of what you saw. The number of people who are now suffering from chronic pain in the United States is somewhere around 130 million. When I wrote my first book, Overpower Pain, in 2008, and I was doing research to understand the magnitude of the situation, back then it was only 75 million people were suffering from chronic pain. Probably years prior to that, a couple of years prior to that, it was 55 million. So certainly in the last five to ten years, it well, even greater, maybe 10 to 15 years, the number of people suffering from chronic pain has easily doubled, if not tripled. So, how do you account for that if the thought was that the use of arthroscopic surgery versus incisional surgery was to make the recovery dramatically better? And the answer can only be that the wrong tissue is being identified by the MRI, therefore any treatment of that tissue has no capacity to reduce pain and therefore people are sustaining their pain. And the more that is performed, the worse the person gets. If we go back to the core principle that pain is an indication of a tissue in distress, that is why the body elicits pain because the body has recognized that a tissue is not functioning properly and the goal is to create conscious awareness of the distress of the tissue so that some sort of treatment or procedure can be performed to resolve the distress of the tissue and once that
the stress is resolved, there's no longer this security emergency type of symptom that needs to be elicited and your body simply stops eliciting pain. That's the way the system was designed. That's the way the body works. So, if you can accept that as legitimate, and that's basically been the theoretical basis why people have pain for, I mean, just probably hundreds if not thousands of years, then what that means is that if you had pain and a particular tissue was identified, in this particular case through the MRI, and a procedure was performed, such as surgery to the identified tissue, and after the procedure, the symptom or the pain still exists, there is no choice but to acknowledge that the wrong tissue has been identified and treated. Just by nature, if the right tissue, if that herniated disc or stenosis or meniscal tear or arthritis or any of these structural variations found on MRIs were the actual tissue that was emitting the pain, responsible for the pain signal, indicating that was the tissue in distress, and you performed the surgery to correct the distress of that tissue, you would have to acknowledge that without question, there's no more reason for the distress signal to be emitted and pain should simply cease. The fact that you're having the same if not greater pain clearly indicates that the wrong tissue was treated. You can't see it any other way. Now, the medical practitioner who performed the surgery, they're going to try to come with a multitude of answers. Either something in the procedure wasn't right, or by the way, if it was a vertebrae they were working on or a disc oh no you know what the problem was i didn't quite get all the discs or it wasn't i didn't get that whole complete disc or the vertebrae above it is a problem if it's a joint replacement or a, a meniscal tear oh something was wrong in the process oh maybe i didn't get the whole te <coughs> tear we need to get more of the tear there's always an answer that leads to another surgery. Now, this is where the issue of trust has to be called into question. When you went to this practitioner, they did the diagnostic test, they identified the structural variation and said it needs a cervical intervention to resolve your symptoms they performed the surgical intervention and your symptoms still exist, I truly do not understand how you could have any trust that this person has any understanding of what tissue is eliciting your symptoms. And therefore, I can't possibly understand why you would accept the idea of getting a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, or an eighth surgery at this point. I think as a general rule, trust must be earned. Even for those people 
who I am trying to convince of the value of the YAS method, I don't accept you, expect you to accept it blindly, or I would be following the same premise that the other medical practitioners are trying to get you to do. Simply look at a picture and say, okay, that must mean it's true, or since I'm a doctor, that means it's true. It's just the opposite. I want to earn your trust. And so, I provide endless amounts of theoretical data, clinical presentations, scientific data, all to try to provide you an understanding that then allows you to make a better decision about how to address your pain and hopefully you see the logical nature of how pain is identified, the tissue eliciting the pain through the OS method and therefore you follow the methodology. But I say to you with a true sense of honesty and integrity that trust must be earned. And I am doing podcasts such as this, making YouTube videos, having Facebook pages, writing books, creating online courses, creating exercise videos, all with the intent of providing the content that gets you to trust that the YAS method is the only true mechanism to identify the cause of your pain, and if found to be muscular, which it is in 95 to 98% of cases, has the ability to properly identify which muscles are responsible for eliciting your pain, allow for the correct exercises correctly with the appropriate resistance, which is the key to resolving pain with muscle, the use of progressive resistance exercise, causing the muscles to adapt to greater and greater resistances until they're strong enough to perform your functional tasks without breaking down. So, in closing, I want people to begin to hesitate in your endorsement of any medical practitioner simply because they wear a white coat, especially in the area of the treatment of chronic pain, the overall mechanism that is being utilized is completely invalid. So anyone who utilizes the use of diagnostic tests as their primary mechanism for diagnosing, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't warrant trust because it is the fact that they are unwilling to acknowledge the failure of this system through every means of evidence that makes you have to question whether the patient's best interests are at heart, whether the medical practitioner is open to the idea that things that they may have been taught just simply may be invalid and that change is necessary to achieve the goals that they set forth to provide the proper types of treatments to their patients so that they can get the benefits they seek from the medical treatments they are given. If you want to understand more about the YAS method and give me the chance to earn your trust, then you can go to my website at www.mitchellyas.com. 
You can email me at drmitch at mitchellyasch.com. That's D-R-M-I-T-C-H at M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-Y-A-S-S.com. Or you can call me on my cell phone, 516-449-1359, 516-449-1359. The Ask Method is completely different from anything else you can experience. It's based on the concept that the body is trying to elicit the symptoms that are associated with the specific tissue eliciting your symptoms and the ability to interpret those symptoms allows you to properly identify the tissue. The system allows you to identify all potential tissues, including muscle. That's what makes this so unique. In 95 to 98% of cases, the cause is muscular. MRIs or x-rays cannot identify muscular causes, nor is there any medical specialty that is properly educated to identify these. That is why if you use the MRI, you have a 90 to 95% chance of being misdiagnosed. With that understanding, how can you possibly trust any medical practitioner utilizing that method? That is why I ask for your trust in giving the YAS method the opportunity it so justly deserves to properly diagnose the cause of your pain and allow you to resolve your symptoms and return to the life you so justly deserve. Thanks again. This is Dr. Mitchell Yas. Bye-bye.